Hello, everyone. Welcome again to the Logic Project. This is James Lee of Anchor. And again, I, I really appreciate this opportunity that Anchor has developed and given. Uh, I was told how easy it was to get into the Anchor uh, program. And it really was that simple. And uh, I, I'm so happy that someone had taken the time to set up such a format. And I know for years, the most high God, the creator of the universe, has put in my heart to uh, have a format to where I could present teachings and understandings of his word and to be able to present that in a, in a, for, in a platform out in the world. And, and this is such a great uh, situation that Anchor has set up. And, and I know it's God-inspired. I want, I want you brothers to know, and I pray the blessings of the Most High God be upon you, and he turn a smile on you and give you favor and let you prosper and progress in all that you do, because this is a great format that you've created. And I hope and pray that the Father, as we speak tonight, Father, you give us your anointed word to speak and share. And I know Father, you put something on my heart to share with the folks tonight. And, and I'm gonna try to do that to the best of my ability. But I just think you, I hope you should sprinkle a little bit of that um, heavenly, that heavenly manna, you know, that, that right now word, that, uh, that food, that, yeah, that holiness, that righteousness that would uh, enable my words to be to be out there in the universe and that people will begin to uh, to observe it, that it would touch hearts. It's like a seed, you know, that we plant and watering. And and whatever the case it may be, Father, I just pray uh, that you bless this event tonight. And one of the things you put on my heart tonight, Father, which I have also, and I think in the beginning I told the brother, I said, I don't know why the Father called this the Elijah Project and put it in my spirit, but it's coming to me more and more as I, and, and I have had this for years, but I got kind of got out of tune with it because I didn't know, I kept wondering, Father, how am I gonna, how am I gonna uh, dispense, you know, the information that you want me to dispense, or how am I gonna create an environment so that, so that uh, we can accomplish what you uh, want us to accomplish? And, uh, and here it is, Anchor. I, I think this is a great format. Even YouTube is a great format as well. But Anchor is so simple in the process, and um, they they found distributors, and, and, and so it's it's a, it's a wonderful process. And what, what the Father put on my heart today is about the Elijah Project is, you know, I was reading a couple Bibles. You know, I was reading the King James, I was reading the NIV. You know, I was also reading a, a, a Bible called the Names of the Bible, where a young lady took it. She put the she kind of restored the names of God into into the scriptures. And then she wrote a book about it, you know, which is a great thing, you know. And uh, but what the father was showing me is, is that, you know, the meaning of the the meaning of the word of God is is is, is flawless. God said his word is flawless. I'm, I'm gonna show, I want to read a couple of scriptures. I want to go right here to Proverbs 30, uh, verse five and verse and verse six. And, and I'm, I'm not going to read the whole verse in verse six. It's a little part of it. But he says right here, every word of God is flawless. This is a verse five. Proverbs 30, verse five. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. And verse six, do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. <laughs> and he will prove you a liar. And I know myself, I have been proved a liar. You know, when I thought I knew something, and even today, if I say something, you know, there's another scripture where Paul says that God be right and God be true and every man a liar. So whenever I say something, 
you know, I have to acquiesce to the most high God, the creator of the universe, because he's flawless. And here's, here's the thing that's happening, though. You know, the, the, the name of God is written in the Bible almost 7,000 times. Just that one name. And do you know people would say, oh, well, God got many names. Okay, he got many names, but one of his names, so-called many names, I don't agree if Father has many names. He has many attributes that are attributed to his name, like they say Yahweh Yahweh, which that's not his name. It's Yahweh Yahweh is he is a provider. And I think Abraham was making that conversation when he was talking to his son, Isaac, when he was taking him up the hill. And he said, don't worry, son. Uh, Yahweh 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 will provide. And then you got Yahweh Rapha. You see that in the scripture I mean Yahweh is a healer. So these are not names of Yahweh. These are Yahweh's attributes and things that he do and things that he accomplished, things that he accomplished through us, through his prophets and through people and even through his angels. And so, uh, but that one name has been stripped. And you know what's sad? According to some people, they don't even know how, we don't even know how to pronounce the name. And you know, and the father was very upset about that. And do you know that the father in his scripture has even said, you have, you have made the people forget my name? We, we, so, and, and the father says it. Now listen to this. This is in Deuteronomy uh, chapter, uh, chapter four, verse two. He says, do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it. But keep the commandments of Yahweh your God that I give you. Wow. Do not subtract from it. And guess what we subtracted from the fathers? From the word of God from the beginning. When we were looking at the King James Bible, you look at any Bible today, any mainstream Bible, NIV, uh, King James, all the King James, New King James, Old King James, they have all stripped the name of the most high God, even the Septuagint. The name of Yahweh has been stripped out of it. Even if you go to this Tanakh, the Jewish uh, writers, they have substituted the name of God with Hashem, called the name. They have substituted with Adonai. Uh, in our scripture, we call the Father, when we put his name, we, we call it the Lord. You know, with, and if you look at it, the, the, you know, the, 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 if you go and read in, your four, in, in the fourth part of your Bible where they talk about the name, it's 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 a it's a they call it a mechanism that they use and, it, and they use uh, four letters because of the name of the father has four letters and they use L O cap and they're all capital capital L capital O capital R capital D and you know folks I'm gonna tell you whoever's taking the name of God, Yahweh out of these Bibles and out of these scriptures <laughs> that is a terrible thing the father's not happy with it we have distorted the father's name. We have distorted his scripture, his word. It just says every word of God, every word of Yahweh is flawless. Every word is flawless, including his name. <laughs> Do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. So what do we added? We took away his name and we added the Lord. And when I and you could. You can go ask anyone right now. Go, go, go ask your pastor. Uh, go ask uh, your church going friends and, and partners. What is what is God's name? And they will say God's name is God or the Lord. Really? And that is the father's name. The Lord. Are you serious, man? Lord is like saying, sir. 
And then by not knowing the personal, it, 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 it's kind of, think about it though. Think about if you if you uh, spoke to somebody for years, day in and day out, and every time they came and spoke to you, uh, they would say, hey, sir, hey, sir, hey, sir, but never ever called your name, like as if they didn't know your name. You know, some people do that out of reverence. I do that out of reverence for people, maybe because of their position and, as well. But I can also call that person's name. But for us, we're saying Lord in a sense of saying, sir. We're not, that's not even a personal, that's not a personal relationship. So if I, so if the father's calling you into a personal relationship, shouldn't you also know his name? Wouldn't it benefit you to know the name of the most high God, the creator of the universe? And here's the issue with Elijah, with Elijah and with Elijah, Elijah names me Elohim is Yahweh. Now, today we would say God is Yahweh, but Eli, Elohim is Yahweh. That's what it, and, and you know what Elijah did? He had a battle between him and the prophets of Baal. And, uh, and Elijah, Elijah, in his representation of the father, he challenged them. He challenged them to a war, to a battle. He said, we're going to prove to the people. And there was people all around. And this is what the father talked about in Elijah. He's going to turn the hearts of the, of the, of the fathers to the children and the children to the father. So he's going to re, re, restructure the people into the, into, into the, back into the father, which is really Yahweh, recognizing who Yahweh is. Recognizing who Yahweh is versus who Satan is or who Baal is. Even, we even call Satan. Isn't that his personal name? Isn't Satan's name Satan? Isn't that his personal name? Yes, it's his personal name. The father calls him Satan. He's called Satan in the scriptures. So we don't we don't call out our father's personal name. So Elijah, what he did was. It was 400 prophets uh, representing a God named Baal, and that was Baal's name. Elijah said, let's prove who's God. And all the people was around. He challenged the people. He said, OK, if you're going to if we're going to worship a God, let's worship the true and living God. I challenge all these prophets here. There's 400 of them against just one me. And I give you that who's ever God would 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 send fire from heaven to consume our sacrifices. That is God. And he is the God that we will worship. And the people all agreed. They was like, great. That's a great idea. Let's do it. And so Elijah tells the, the, the Baal prophet, go ahead. Go ahead, you guys. Go ahead. So the Baal prophets, they get the, they get to the going and they make an altar. And they make the sacrifice and put it on the altar and they start crying out the bell. Now, according to the scripture, they started out from nine o'clock in the morning all the way up to three o'clock. And, and according to scripture, Elijah was 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 like acting like a comedian, like where's where's Bell on vacation? <laughs> well, he can't talk. He can't talk now. He don't talk no more. What where is he? I mean, Elijah was like teasing him, you know. He was he was he was in a groove with it. I want to see if I can go to the scripture because I thought it was I think it was very funny how Elijah in this process 
I mean, you know, it showed his, like, that he had a whole good sense of humor about it because guess what? Elijah know who Yahweh is, and Elijah knows that just Baal, whoever he, whatever his name is, he's not going to show up, you know, because he's a false god. Because he he can't out he can't out out beat Yahweh because he would yeah, even Satan knows that when it comes to him coming in front of Yahweh that he's gonna shut his mouth just like when Daniel was in the in the in the in the, in the uh, lion's den those lions couldn't could they wasn't hungry they couldn't eat they couldn't open their mouths I'm sure they was hungry because shortly after uh, Daniel was let out of that den. They said uh, the scripture records that when they put them, they threw them other guys down in there, even before they hit the ground, the lions was eating them up. So those lions was hungry. But guess what? When the most high God, the creator of the universe, tell you to shut your mouth, you're going to shut your mouth. And we can also go back to Zechariah. Zechariah had to shut up his mouth, right, for nine months up until his son was born. He couldn't speak. So here we go again. So here's Bell. You know, he, 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 he's, uh, you know, I think the father put the lockdown on him. And and, and, and uh, <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> you know, that was the end of that. He was not, he was not going to do anything to try to show that he has something on the most high God, the creator of the universe. He had more reverence and respect for Yahweh than even us. You know, we, we, we have less respect for the most high God. The creator universe and any of his creation. Isn't that sad? Even the animals obey, even the even the animals and the fish of the sea obey the most high God, the creator of the universe. And even the spirit world, the, the spiritual beings. When the, when the Messiah was on the earth and them legions was in that young man, and the Messiah said that in the Messiah, and even when and the Messiah told come to the young man and the in the in the and the, and the demons was like, oh, they were shaking. You know, please don't send us to the, please don't. He, it's not our time yet. Let us go. And the Messiah said, okay, go ahead, go ahead. He gave them permission. They had to, they had to get permission from the Messiah. So, but they had that reverence. They had that respect. They, they, they knew who he was and they respected his position and his status. You know, we, man, men, we are the only one. I mean, we have, it appears as if we have no respect for the Most High God. The creator of the universe. It just it just seems like we just don't have no respect whatsoever. And so Elijah's uh, in this battle with these guys, and uh, they uh, hold up. Let me let me find it. See, I always have this problem. Father, take me to these things first. I'm supposed to be discussing something else, and then he sent me somewhere else to discuss something else. You know, so I had to I, I had to take a little moment here to find this passage because I thought it was so funny the way Elijah, when he was battling these guys, how he uh, how he um, how he spoke to him and how he how he uh, teased them and, and, and messed with them about the fact that that their God, uh, Baal, was was sleeping or was on vacation. Mm hmm. Here it is right here. Okay, so look, I'm, I'm going to go back for a little bit. Okay, but people said nothing. Elijah said to them, this is this is a, this is a first Kings 18. And and here's here. Elijah told uh, Ahab to 
I have, here you go, uh, verse 18. I have made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family, have you have abandoned Yahweh's commands and have followed the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet with me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. Wow, that's, that's 850. So Ahab sent word throughout all Israel and assembled the prophets on Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, how long will you waver between two opinions? If Yahweh is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of Yahweh's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let them choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of Yahweh, the God who answers by fire. He is God. See, Elijah's challenging them. And then all the people said, what you what you say is good. And Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose one of the bulls and, and prepare first. Since there's so many of you, call on the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull, given them, and prepared it. Then they called. Now this is where Elijah. This is where Elijah get into his thing with him. I mean, this is this is crazy. He says, and then they called on the name of Baal from morning to noon. Oh Baal, answer us! They shouted, but there was no response. No one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. And at noon, and now look, they started nine in the morning. Then it says at noon, Elijah began to taunt them, shout louder. He said, "Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought, or busy, or traveling." Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. And so they, they shouted louder and slashed them. Look, they slashed themselves with swords and spears and was their, as was their custom until their blood flowed. Midday passed and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. Now, the evening sacrifice is at 3 p.m. Now, if you know anything about the scriptures, you know that twice a day uh, that the, that the uh, priest would have a, a morning sacrifice and an evening sacrifice. The morning sacrifice. And it was two times a day. The morning sacrifice was nine o'clock in the morning and the, and the evening sacrifice was three o'clock in the morning. Also during that time, they would also have uh, the um, incense prayers, prayers going up to the most high God. Nine o'clock in the morning at the same time that they was doing the they was doing the sacrifice of the, of the lamb in the, in the, in the, in, at that time. And then at three o'clock in the afternoon, uh, there was prayer going on. So here here Elijah. Uh, uh, it says here, but there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Then the line says, oh, oh, I'm sorry, at noon, okay? And um, then Elijah said to all the people, come come here to me. They came to him, and he repaired the altar of, the, of Yahweh, which was in ruins. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each tribe, descended from Jacob, to whom the word of, of Yahweh had come and saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of Yahweh, and he dug a trench around it, large enough to hold two seers of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bull into pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time.
Do it a third time. <laughs> Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At that time of sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Yahweh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, Yahweh, answer me. So these people would know that you, Yahweh, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. There he is. That's the prophet. Then the fire, Yahweh, fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. Amen. And that is the intent of the Elijah project, is to turn the people back, turning their hearts back again to the most high God, the creator of the universe. And in order for us to do that, one of the projects that the Father's put in my heart is that we have to restore the word back. We have to restore the name of the Father back into his scriptures. We have to, there's other parts of the scriptures that have been totally annihilated by the translators from the Septuagint, uh, when, uh, back in the, when, the, when, the, when the Israelites went into Egypt and did the Septuagint, and even all the way up until uh, the Catholics, when they uh, translate Jerome and then translate the scriptures from the from the Hebrew to the to the, to the Latin, and it has gone on and on to where the King James translators. You have Luther and his translation. You have uh, Wycliffe and his translation. You have the NIV translation, and then you have all these other folks that have translated the Word of God and have changed so much. They have changed words. It's simple as when you go to the King James Bible, the, the, the first, not the new one, but the other one, the first one, they substituted the word Passover. They substituted and put the word Easter over Passover as if as, as if Passover wasn't, as if they could just take the scripture and, and switch it, you know, like, okay, well, we don't do Passover anymore. We're going to, we do Easter. So we're going to put Easter in there instead of Passover. But the script, but the father strictly says, do not add to what I command you and do not subtract from it, you know, but keep the commandments of Yahweh, your God, that I give you. See that you do all I command you. Do not add to or take away from it. Okay. Then he goes uh, on to Jacob. Be strong. He goes on um, again. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him do not add to his words or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar and we people take liberty with the word i'm not going to throw, throw the word out i'm not going to throw the baby out with the water but certainly the father has, the holy spirit has been able to navigate these things because the most high god has the most wisdom and understanding and knows that these events are going to take place and has 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 circumvented through the scriptures, has 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 been able to get his message through, and, and the integrity of the message of God is good, but it only takes a couple words to twist and and tweet and and lead people astray. You know, there's scripture in the Bible, uh, in uh, in 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 uh, Revelations twelve nine, where the Father strictly says. 
the devil. I don't want to quote this because this is this is this. I don't want to misquote this one because this is a very significant. I mean, I I may say some things and I try to, you know, uh, not direct quote the word, but put a little spin on it a little bit. Not not in a negative way, but just telling the story, a brief story of my take on it. But it's not a verbatim quote. But here's a, here's a verbatim quote. Quote. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceiveth the whole world, he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. But here's a key component in there, in this passage. And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, he has deceived the whole, he deceives the whole world. And there's a scripture that says, even if, even if it was possible, you know, the deception is so strong that the saints will be deceived as well. The elect will be deceived. So the deception is strong and and, and, and only takes one word. I'm gonna show you a word. I'm gonna show you a passage right here. And then you'd have to go to the to the Greek. I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you to, uh, this is a very important scripture because it has really destroyed and shipwrecked all of, a lot of faith in the scriptures and in the people of God and has misled and, mis and led us astray for a long time and we're still led astray because of how these passages have been changed. I'm a matter of fact, I got a couple more too. I got two, at least two. One last night I was speaking about and I saw how they had, how the scriptures had been changed. This is in uh, Colossians chapter two. I'm just gonna show you, I mean, I'm not gonna argue the point about the, the festivals, but I wanna show you how how it has been, how has how how the take on it in this, in, in these passages. So let, let me read. Uh, let me read two sixteen. Okay, uh, Colossians chapter two sixteen. Let no man therefore judge you in meat, or in drink, or in respect of a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days. Which now listen to this. Which are verse seventeen which are a shadow of things to come, right? Which are a shadow of things to come, okay? Now, now watch what it says in, in, in this. This is, this is the King James. Now, this is the NIV, okay? Oh, here we go. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of things that were to come. You see that? You see the difference right there? That word were is an added word. Now, he said these are a shadow of things that were to come in the NIV, but in the but in the but in the King James it says which are a shadow of things to come. You see the difference? A shadow of things to come or a shadow of things that were to come? See, a shadow of things to come means that it's still it's it's still coming. These are a shadow of things to come. But to say these are a shadow of things that that were to come, meaning that they've already happened. Were these are a shadow of things that were to come. That's past tense. That means that you they're done. They're, and this is when we this is when we get into the scripture. Oh, all these things have been fulfilled. These, these, you know, even right here, you go to the scripture, even right here. Oh, yeah, see right here, it says it. 
These are a shadow of things that were to come. But in the King James, it says these are a shadow of things that are to come. And then if you go to the original Greek text, it also say these are a shadow of things that are to come. And even even further, you could go into uh, you can go into Hebrews and the Hebrews says it as well. Now, now let's do let's do that. Let's go to Hebrews chapter chapter eight. I think it is. Okay, now here's one right here. Let me see if they let me let me watch how they watch how this goes in it. This is NIV. Let's go to chapter ten in Hebrews. I'm going to chapter ten, and I'm going to verse one. Verse one, and look at the NIV. Verse one. The law is only a shadow of good things that are coming, not the reality themselves. See that? Now that, that that's not a bad translation. The law is only a shadow. It says only of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. In the in the King James, and I've been the King James says, for the law having a shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things can never be with those sacrifices which they offered. It goes into talking about that. For the law having a shadow of good things to come. The law is a shadow of good things to come. You know, you have to get into that. And, and, and this is not a bad translation. I, I wasn't aware of this track, but this is a good one, too. It says the law is only a shadow. But I don't like the term to use only. They added that word only, like as if to negate it. See, the word only, only a shadow. Why are you, why 